Hello and welcome to episode 599 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan. As always, joined by Evan Silva. Preseason week one is about to kick off. Football is indeed in the air. Shout out to all my hashtag team preseason. Brethren, Evan, how's it going today? It's going great. Um, we just did a show very much like the one we're going to be doing today. We did a, a round one, sort of a little bit, uh, our rankings and, de- uh, and and debate show between me and you. We went through our top 12. Today, we're going to go through the second round. I think people always like these shows every year. I got to say, Evan, I was looking at my rankings and I was looking at your rankings and we were going to have some massive discrepancies in right. here. I love when people, I know people love when we get into the debate stuff, as Evan said, we are going to talk round two. This is a follow-up to episode 595, where we discussed and debated our round one rankings. Today, we are going to go player by player through our personal round two rankings, picks 13 through 24, debate them a little bit, talk through the pros and cons of each guy. Before we get into it, reminder, the early bird bundle price expires Friday night. Last chance to get the lowest price on our DraftKit Pro and in season combined head to head to the subscribe tab on establish for more also this show is indeed brought to you by our friends at underdogfantasy.com the internet's premier best ball site massive action right now i've been grinding the 75 dollars buy-in tournament that they recently launched the 25 dollars buy-in with three million to first is still running and then there's a bunch of smaller stuff as well best way to prep for your home league draft is doing drafts for real money Promo code ETR at underdogfantasy.com for a $100 matching deposit bonus. That's promo code ETR at underdogfantasy.com. All right, Evan, I'm going to come out hot. My number 13 overall player is Tony Pollard. And I understand that there's at least a 50% chance that Dallas adds a running back. We were recording this Tuesday, mm-hmm. August 8th. You know, I think they're going to add someone, a Zeke type or other, some other kind of bruiser. I'm not really worried about that. This is going to be a pass-first offense, despite the boomerish tendencies of Mike McCarthy. That's how this team is built. That's how McCar- And honestly, McCarthy did show some really pass-first tendencies for stretches in Green Bay. And I think that's a good thing for Tony Pollard. From a talent-slash-explosiveness standpoint, I don't think Pollard is all that different at this point than Christian McCaffrey or Austin Eckler. And from a usage standpoint, I think his role will be similar, and he has a top six offensive line. I mean, let's put it this way. We have Tony Pollard for a 53% rush share and a 10.4% target share. Austin Eckler, we have 49% rush share and 13.8% target share. Pretty similar. I certainly prefer Eckler as the higher volume pass catcher and more likely to get the goal line carries, but I don't think Pollard is that far off. So for me, Tony Pollard, 13 overall. I know that's way ahead of market, but 13 overall for me on Tony Pollard. Yeah, and I've got Tony Pollard down at number seventeen overall, and I, I I don't I have no problem ranking him number thirteen. At one point, he had gotten up to number fourteen overall for me. It's just kind of you know you make a few changes, and all of a sudden, especially in this area of the draft, I mean these guys are all really good fantasy picks. Yeah, I mean all these guys are really really good fantasy picks. I wouldn't be opposed to taking him over Saquon Barkley. I have him. I have Saquon Barkley at number 12 overall. We talked about him on the last show. And especially as we make it through training camp, and it's clear that he is far past the fibula ankle ankle fracture, which is not – 
that, that's not always a, a super routine recovery, but I mean, he has recovered really, really well, and they have not yet signed anybody. The rest of their depth chart is Malik Davis, Rico Dowdle, yeah. Deuce Vaughn, six-round rookie, you know. I mean, I, I think that the arrow is pointing up on Tony Pollard since they started training camp. So one thing I said, Evan, is that I like having a pick in the three through eight range because I can start with one of Tyreek or Cup or Kelsey or some other running back or whoever I like. And then I have options in round two in the middle there. I'm likely to get one of Pollard or Barkley or Chubb. And I, I like those starts. I do not like picking nine, 10, 11, 12. And I think I'm more likely to get one of the Pollard, Barkley, Chubb types in the middle there. So that was why I said my preferred draft position this year is between three and eight. You mentioned to me that you might disagree. Where is your favorite position to draft right now? Yeah, see, my favorite place to draft is 1.01 with Justin Jefferson or to come back and grab two studs near the one-two turn. Um, I think that there are are some potential landmines in the middle of the first round. Cooper Cup with the hamstring injury, with the age, being over 30, coming off high ankle surgery. Travis Kelsey at age 34. You know, um, Devontae Adams, there are – and I, I really like him as an end of the first round pick. And you can almost consistently get him at, at the in the first round. But I still think that, you know, there are some warts on his resume entering, you know, with a new quarterback. There have been like rumors that he wants a trade. Um, so I, I like either grabbing two of, of those type of guys who do have some risk at the end of the first round and just like just betting on their talent or taking Justin Jefferson up at 1.01. Like I, I talked about on, on our last show that I had the choice at uh, at 1.04 between Cooper Cup and Christian McCaffrey. And I kind of cringe as I hit the button on Cooper Cup because I think that there are like legitimate red flags there. Yep. Okay. I didn't want to derail the show. I was just curious uh, yep. on your take there. We can debate that more. Evan, who do you have at number 13 overall? I have Bijan Robinson, who I know that you have locked in the first round. Almost everybody has him locked in the first round, it seems. And my concern is that He's just not going to end up with as consistent of a workload as people anticipate. I think the Falcons are going to run the ball with extreme volume, but I also think that they're going to give a lot of work to Tyler Algier. I think that they're going to give, you know, a substantial amount, not big workloads, but they're going to use Cordero Patterson. And I think they're not going to throw the ball a lot. And so that's going to mitigate the impact of Bijan Robinson. Like I, I could see him catching like 35 passes, which is okay for a rookie, but I think it's not fully maximizing him. And then he's going to have to deal with somewhat of a rotation. And how many, how many touchdowns are the Falcons going to score as a team? Yeah. Is this really going to be a high powered offense with Desmond Ritter at quarterback? I like Bijan Robinson. I think he's going to have a really good season. I think he's absolutely the favorite to win offensive rookie of the year. I would take him in my top 15. I take him right at the one, two turn. But I'm not taking him like top eight, like almost everybody sees to, seems to have him. Yeah, if you listen to the round one episode, I had Bijan at nine overall. And I guess for me, I do think the Falcons are going to score a lot of touchdowns this year. I think the Falcons have the second easiest schedule in the entire NFL. I think Arthur Smith is a really good bet. Well, not at the current prices, but was a good bet to be uh, NFL coach of the year. I can see how it goes bad. Desmond Ritter completely flaced plans. And Arthur Smith just gives zero Fs and gives a bunch of work to Tyler Algier, like Evan is saying. I, I think those are more tail outcomes than likely, but yeah, I, I could see those happening, but I still feel pretty good for me, Bijan, at number nine. Let's go to 
14 overall. My number 14 overall player is C.D. Lamb. I love Kellen Moore, but I don't think Mike McCarthy on the sticks is going to be a real downgrade for C.D. Lamb. This kind of like big, talented slot guy is such a smash for fantasy. Gets a ton of layup catches. Yeah, they added some target competition in Brandon Cooks, but they also removed target competition in the form of Dalton Schultz. I also think you can make a case that C.D. Lamb is entering his prime now, turned 24 in April, already has three NFL seasons and 260 catches under his belt. And so from an ascending player, team environment, role slash usage point of view, I do prefer C.D. Lamb to Devontae Adams, Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddell right now. You know, it's close, but C.D. is at the top of that wide receiver tier there for me. So yeah, C.D. Lamb, 14 overall for me, back-to-back Cowboys in my rankings. Yeah, and I have C.D. Lamb in the single digits. Um, yes. As we, ta- as we discussed on last show. All right, my number 14 overall player is Amon Ross St. Brown, and I don't think he's that far behind C.D. Lamb, who I've got you know several spots ahead of. Um, Jared Goff's go-to guy over the last over his last 22 games is averaging 9.7 targets per game. The way that Jared Goff plays, so some shorter quarterbacks have like – vision problems over the middle of the field um, and getting the ball to interior slot receivers. Jared Goff does not have that. And you can go back to his history with Cooper Cup, go back to his history at Cal. Um, This is where he is most comfortable throwing the football. And this is where Amon Ross St. Brown runs his routes. He's the clear cut go-to guy in the Lions passing offense and, um, you know, my, my comparison for him is Heinz Ward. Like, I think he, he's like one of the toughest dudes in the league, and he's just going to continue to soak up targets. Such a great bond on the field with his quarterback. Yeah, I had Amon Ra 11 overall. You can go back and listen to the first episode for my take on Amon Ra. And yeah, Evan is even higher than I am on CeeDee Lamb. Evan is at eight overall on CeeDee Lamb. So we're both pretty high on both Amon Ra and CeeDee. Let's keep it moving here to 15 Overall, for me, 15 overall, I have Saquon Barkley. In Brian Dayball, we trust, man. Like a a big part of the thesis of last season on being so high on Daniel Jones was Brian Dayball being a talent maximizer. And I think we saw that play out. Saquon's usage is that of a running back who can actually finish as fantasy's running back one. You know, he led all running backs by a wide margin last year, playing on over 80% of the snaps, ran a route on 51% of the team dropbacks. That was fifth most among running backs. 14 carries from inside the five-yard line, tied for six in the NFL. I'm not expecting much to change in Saquon's role. I just think the offense is going to be better this year with actual wide receiver weaponry for Jones and Dable to work with. I think that's a good thing for Saquon. I know Evan had Saquon up, but I believe, yeah, 12 overall. I have him a little bit lower, 15 overall, but I still hope to get him in some of those bills that I was talking about where I can come back with a Saquon or a Pollard in round two. Evan, we already got your Saquon take. Who do you have at 15 overall? At 15, I have Nick Chubb, who I believe you have in the first round. Yes. You had him at 12, is that right? I, had, I actually had Nick Chubb 10. 10, okay. Um, yeah, he's another guy I, I kind of wish that I wasn't too far behind you on him because I love him this year. I've drafted a decent amount of him. I bet him at 40 to 1 to win Offensive Player of the Year. Love it. Um, he's the favorite at sports books to lead the NFL in rushing. And, and, and when we had Dwayne on the show, he noted that, you know, Nick Chubb, he isn't going to catch 50 passes, okay? But, I mean, he could catch somewhere in the 30s. 
and make a big improvement just because Kareem Hunt is gone. And today, by the way, Kareem Hunt officially is not coming back to Cleveland because he just signed with the Saints. So, and and we also talked about on the last show how there have just been these kind of murmurs that maybe Deshaun Watson is not the greatest fit for Kevin Stefanski's offense. And um, maybe they just end up giving the ball relentlessly to Nick Chubb, Mm -hmm. both in the run and the pass game behind what they have one of the most powerful offensive lines in the league. Their run scheme is awesome under Kevin Stefanski. Um, You know, Nick Chubb, I think is a, a, for as safe as a running back can be, I think he's like maybe that maybe the safest, safest running back pick this year. Yeah. I did want to compare uh, Chubb's, outlook for this year to Derrick Henry's. We'll get to Derrick Henry here in a second. I believe both of us have Derrick Henry uh, in round two. And so we'll get to talk about Derrick Henry and compare him to Nick Chubb's outlook here in a second. 16 overall, I have Devontae Adams. And I'm significantly lower than Evan is on Devontae Adams, who has him at 10 overall. And I actually had Devontae Adams up in that range, in that top 12 range, a few weeks ago. At that time, I was just thinking, man, I don't want to bet against Devontae Adams. I just want to close my eyes and bet on one of the best wide receivers to ever play in the NFL. And part of me still wants to do that. But I've just been getting a bad feeling systemically about the Raiders and them turning into a stone-cold dumpster fire. I mean, even Devontae Adams expressed concern over the offense a couple weeks ago publicly. And while I do think Jimmy Garoppolo is fine, I think Derek Carr was more likely to breed shootouts, just a bit more aggro than Jimmy G, although both are pretty conservative. Um, shower narrative no, no longer in play between Carr and Devontae Adams. So yeah, I hate being a little light on Devontae here because dude is such a baller, but I just don't feel great about the situation. And as Evan said, in this part of the draft, we're really nitpicking because all these guys are awesome players, but we're just nitpicking hard. And so the systemic risk, I think, on Devontae Adams and the Raiders is enough for me to push him down to 16 overall. Yeah, and I understand that. And I I felt the same way actually last year, and that's about Devontae Adams, and that's why I had him below ADP. He winds up with 180 targets. Yeah. And this year, he, um, I I feel like he almost has less target competition. We kind of know that Hunter Renfro is not really a Josh McDaniels guy. Darren Waller is gone. Um, They brought in Jacoby Myers, who, you know, I think he's a a solid slot receiver, but – I'm I'm still kind of on Devontae Adams, and that's why I have him, I think, number 10. You have 10, yep. Yeah, number 10. Um, I'm going straight to Jalen Waddell at number 16. And Jalen Waddell last year, so coming out of his rookie season, he was was thrown a lot of short passes. And, I mean, he caught a ton of balls, but he wasn't really making big plays. Mike McDaniel changed that. Jalen Waddell became the deep threat for the Dolphins. Jalen Waddle led the NFL in yards per reception last year at 18.1. And I don't think it's crazy to suggest that he actually, in his third season, could end up outproducing Tyreek Hill, mm. who is starting to, to creep toward 30. Now, I don't have him ranked that way, all right? I've got Tyreek Hill safely as a top three overall pick. But Jalen Waddle, I think, might be my favorite second-round pick in all of fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, I, I was just on the board, and Ian Harditz was draft, drafting right ahead of me at um, uh, in this uh, Apex uh, draft that I'm doing, and I wanted Jalen Waddle so bad, and he took him once, but I, was, I got sniped by Harditz. But, yeah, I think right now Jalen Waddle is my favorite second-round second pick in all of fantasy. Okay. 
I love Jalen Waddle. I have him 18. I'll talk about him here. I have Jalen Waddle 18. If you listen to episode 595, you know Evan and I both have Tyree Kill third overall, as Evan mentioned. I have absolutely no problem being super high on Jalen Waddle in round two as well. Through the first 12 weeks of last year, I thought Tua Tagovailoa was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL by like any metric. Now, it got ugly after that. Some will say defenses figured it out. I think it was more the concussion stuff that really took a toll. But regardless, there's just nowhere for Tua targets to go except Tyreek and Waddle. I mean, these guys are freakishly talented, unreal yak guys. And the number three wide receiver on this team is like Braxton Berrios or Chosen Anderson. The tight end is Derm Smythe or Eric Seibert. And I think they'll run the ball fine because of the scheme in McDaniels, but it's not like Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert is that imposing in terms of carry share. So yeah, I think a super, super safe round two pick in Jalen Waddell. I have him 18 overall. Evan has 16. 17 overall, I have Garrett Wilson. And I know this is a little bit lower than market, at least in best ball stuff. I'm not sure it will be in home league though. You know, 17 overall for a year two wide out on the Jets is certainly high. I really do like, Garrett Wilson, some of the league's worst quarterback play last season, and he still catches 83 balls, 1,100 yards, four touchdowns as a 22-year-old rookie. There's just not a lot of room for error when he's going at 12, 13, 14 overall. Like Aaron Rodgers still has to be really good. Offensive line, um, which I think is a question mark, has to hold up. There's some fresh competition here. Lazard and Cobb are Rodgers guys. McCole Hardman's in the mix. I still think Corey Davis can play. So I'm happy to take Garrett Wilson in the 16, 17, 18 range. And he does fall there a decent amount, depending on the format. I just don't feel too great about having him higher than that. Um, so yeah, anything on that, Evan? I believe you have Garrett Wilson 18 overall. You can go ahead with your 17 and 18 here. Yeah, 17, I have Tony Pollard, who we already discussed. Yep. I, I'm, trust me, I'm looking for ways to get him higher. Uh, yeah, and then at 18, I have Garrett Wilson... And my, my thinking is very, very similar to yours. And I would add in that I get concerned about the pass volume in the Jets offense because I think their defense is going to be really, really good again. I mean, and football outsiders and PFF have both shown that year-to-year defensive efficiency is not always predictable. Mm-hmm. But, man, Robert Solly has run consistently really good defenses. The personnel on the Jets defense is just absolutely studly. So it, it would shock me. And then you look at the, the the division. I mean, you got the Patriots. The Dolphins are loaded on defense under um, under uh, uh, Vic Fangio now. And, you know, uh, uh, the, the Bills are, are talented on defense. So I worry about the, the nature of scoring within the division. Um, and, then, and then when you combine that with the Jets themselves – potentially being in a position where they're not going to have to air the ball out very much or score a ton of points. Then I start to get a little bit concerned with Garrett Wilson. I I have been barely getting him in drafts. I mean, I I think really to get him in drafts, we'd have to have him ranked in the top 15 and we both have him a little bit outside of there. Correct. Again, I do think that in home leagues, you'll be able to get Garrett Wilson a little bit later. And I'm okay with that. Um, I'm okay with that. I think we'll see him slide a little bit more there. All right. 17, Garrett Wilson, 18, I already said, I have Waddle. This is where Evan and I start to disagree a bunch. 19 overall, I have a guy that Evan does not have in his top 24. It is Chris Alave. I want to bet on Chris Alave and against Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is 30 years old, hasn't been good since 2019, and perhaps was only ever elite 
because of Drew Brees and a lack of target competition. I don't think people realize how strong Chris Olave's rookie year was. 2.42 yards per route run as a rookie. I mean, insane. Seven, that was seventh best in the entire NFL last year behind only Tyreek, Justin Jefferson, Waddle, A.J. Brown, Steph Diggs, Devonta Adams. Just absolutely insane. Like for reference, Garrett Wilson was 26th in yards per route run at 1.85. It's like almost impossible to poke any holes in Olave's game. I think Derek Carr is fine as the quarterback. Schedule is incredibly soft. Saints are going to score plenty of touchdowns. They play in the dome. I'd honestly not have a problem with anyone who had Olave at the top of this wide receiver tier. Um, just think really, really solid round two pick. I believe Evan has Olave outside of his top 24. Mm-hmm. Evan, any thoughts on that? And then go ahead on your number 19 guy. Yeah, my my thinking is that you know, I'm just not a huge fan of Derek Carr. I, I, I agree he's fine, but that's like all he is. Um, Michael Thomas is back, although the reports continue to be actually mixed now regarding his uh, performance on the field. Uh, Alvin Kamara is back. Um, Chris Olave, he he had a very nice rookie season. And certainly from an, an efficiency standpoint, he scored four touchdowns. He's a little bit smaller. Um, I don't know if he's ever going to be a, a high-volume touchdown scorer. I have DK Metcalf here at number 19. Yes. And I, I should say that because if you look at other people's rankings, you don't necessarily need to draft him here to get him. I think you can almost consistently get him in the third round. I have him in the second round because he's a player that I've sort of flag flag planted and I want to bet on this year. I've got a ton of DK Metcalf. Okay. Using, using this, this sort of a ranking. But again, I realize that I don't have to take him here to get him. last year. DK Metcalf set a career high in receptions with 90. He only scored six touchdowns and this has consistently been a guy who scores double digit touchdowns. Also, the A dot went down a little bit for Seattle. Geno Smith, a little bit more of a dump off quarterback uh, than Russell Wilson, who was one of the best deep ball throwers in the league. I think that the Seahawks can expand their A dot as a passing offense this year in the second year of these offensive tackles, Abe Lucas and Charles Cross. I mean, they 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 were trotting out rookie offensive tackles with a you know to begin the season with a quarterback who. You know, they they didn't. I mean, there were times where they thought that they were going to be starting Drew Locke, you know, mm-hmm. and at least entering the season. And then they and they kind of settled in. So I, I think that we're again flag planning the entire Seahawks offense and, and DK Metcalf is at the top of that. Yeah, I don't have DK Metcalf in my top 24. And the main reason is target competition. I think Evan and I both agree Tyler Lockett is still very good. I think JSN, Jackson Smith and Jigba is an awesome receiver going to have an impact and take a bunch of targets right away. I like taking DK Metcalf where he goes though. Like, yeah, not where Evan has him, but where he goes, which is usually 30, 31, 32 overall, something like that. I'm totally fine taking DK Metcalf there. He sometimes gets the 35, 36 range. I like that. Um, I just would not have him up this high on raw target competition concerns. I'd also note point that Dinks brought up a couple of times. Two of the worst defenses in the NFL could be in the NFC West. Arizona and the Los Angeles Rams might have two of the worst defenses in the entire NFL. DK Metcalf's obviously going to get to see them twice. All right. 20th overall, I have T. Higgins. T. Higgins overshadowed a bit by Jamar Chase, 
but to me, a similar spot as Jalen Waddle, like an elite talent who happens to be slightly worse than the number one receiver on his team. But we really shouldn't ding T. Higgins or Jalen Waddle too hard for that. I mean, last couple of years, T. Higgins gets around seven and a half targets per game. The volume is fine, especially when you consider Joe Burrow's efficiency. And then you get so much contingent value on T. Higgins. If anything happens to Jamar Chase, T is going nuke. If anything happens to Tyler Boyd, we can give T a little boost as well. I just think a really safe, solid, late round two wide receiver pick in T. Higgins. Evan, any thoughts there? And then who do you have at 20 overall? Yeah, literally have T. Higgins at 20 overall. So we're back in some agreement here. Um, Contract year for T. Higgins. Historically, that hasn't really necessarily translated to, oh, all of a sudden, you know, he has some massive season. But I, I like it on the resume of my player when I pick him. Um, and I think that T Higgins in terms of talent, and I kind of question his talent coming out of college because he was a player who won vertically in college and then didn't run real well. Um, di- didn't test that great. And I was like, well, is that, is that vertical skill going to translate to the NFL? It has. Um, he's a really, really good player, really solid pick actually in this, uh, this apex draft that I keep talking about. I had the option late in the second round after Hart had uh, sniped me on Jalen Waddle. I was going to go between Higgins and DK Metcalf, and I went with Higgins over Metcalf, even though I have Metcalf ranked ahead of him because I really think that I can come back yes. and get DK Metcalf in the third round. Yep. I think that's the right strategy for drafting. All right. Starts to get hairy for me, at least now, as we move towards the back of the second round. And this is another reason why I like those some of those picks kind of in the middle of round one. 21, I have Derrick Henry. And my God, man, this one scares me. I mean, as we talked about, check out episode 590 with Brandon Thorne. Titans have the worst offensive line in the entire NFL, and it's not really close. Derrick Henry will turn 30 in January. Titans drafted Tajay Spears. The schedule is difficult, especially to start the year. But I still have Derrick Henry 21 overall because after the signing of DeAndre Hopkins, we knew now that the Titans are all in for this year. We're not going to see Will Levis. We're not going to see Malik Willis. Ryan Tannehill is going to be in there. And Mike Vrabel, I mean, undoubtedly, one of the NFL's best coaches, always gets more out of his team than anyone expects, which is obviously good for Derrick Henry's chances of scoring touchdowns, which he needs. I'd also note that Derrick Henry's pass game role somehow hit career highs last year at age 29. I mean, he turned 41 targets last year. By the way, 41 targets was a career high last year. For Derrick Henry, he turned that into 33 catches, 398 yards, no touchdowns. So it's not the way I like to build structurally, right? Like this is not the type of running back I typically draft in round two. But I do think he belongs here in round two when you look at some of the other options that go in this range. Evan, I'd be curious where you have Derrick Henry and also what you think about Nick Chubb's outlook, which I think is kind of similar to Derrick Henry's. Nick Chubb's outlook versus Derrick Henry's outlook. It's kind of similar. The offensive line is so much better yeah. for Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is closer to his prime. I mean, Derrick Henry is now 29 years old. Um, and the, the I think the team is more bankable in Cleveland. Um, you know, I, I have Derrick Henry at 24, and I, I, I don't think I've drafted him once, actually. So this is a fade the big dog year, which is always scary. You know, I'll be hedging my bets by playing some of him in DFS for sure. But uh, – yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess you got to say I'm out on him because of where I have him ranked. Well, um, it, especially with how like Jacobs and uh, JD and Brees have been sliding, 
mm-hmm. it makes Derrick Henry go up in ADP. You mm-hmm. know, so like if you're below market on on Derrick Henry before all this, now you're going to be way below market on Derrick Henry. But again, yeah, you know, I, I have him 21 overall. Evan has him 24. I think we both have major concerns on Derrick Henry still. Uh, who do you have at 21 overall? Evan? I have Debo. Debo Samuel at number 21. And last year, we were both off of him. You were super, super off of him. And I wasn't on him at all either. And we were right about that. I like betting on him to bounce back to an extent. He showed up to camp out of shape last year. He He's all cut up this year. He's like He looks like a man on a mission. Um, and I think he's actually coming out of value. This, this group of wide receivers, DK Metcalf, TK, T. Higgins, D, Debo Samuel, and Devontae Smith, who I have at 22, I love coming out of like the 2-3 turn with two of those guys. And I think that that's very viable. And look, I, you're gonna with Debo Samuel, you're going to have to live with some ups and downs. We, yeah. we talk about this a lot with the 49ers offenses. It's true for all the members, really. But the blow-up weeks, I think, are worth sacrificing some of the down weeks. Um, I think Debo's going to have an awesome, awesome bounce-back year. Yeah. It's just too high for me. I don't have Debo in my top 24. It's just too high for me on a guy that relies so much on efficiency, like on crazy outlier efficiency. I also get worried that the 49ers go into a shell and you're going to see 20, 25 attempt Brock Purdy games. And, you know, Brandon Ayuk earns targets. Christian McCaffrey earns targets. George Kittle earns targets. So, yeah, I would not be taking Debo in round two. I understand his ADP is closer to 33, 34 overall, roughly. I'm okay with him there, especially given the climate of some of these picks that go in that range. But yeah, I'm certainly not falling over myself to get Debo. I do like him way more than I did last year when he was going uh, much higher. Okay. 22 overall. I believe we actually have the same guy. Yes, we do. We both have Devonte Smith at 22 overall. If you listen to uh, episode one, I uh, round one, I had AJ Brown at 12 overall, simply expecting so many more raw pass attempts for Jalen Hurts this year. I'll talk more about that in a minute here. Devontae, though, just another number two wide receiver in extremely condensed offense. Not a coincidence to me that last year, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith combined for an absurd 52% of the team's targets. That is the way this scheme is set up. It's not set up to throw to running backs. It's not set up to throw to number three, number four wide receivers, backup tight ends. It's very, very condensed. And so you get a baller like Devontae Smith, won the Heisman at Alabama, Gets the NFL and racks up over 2,000 yards through two seasons. Now he's 24 years old, entering his prime. Just really like the spot for the Eagles pass game, which I'll talk more about in a second here. But yeah, Devontae Smith, 22 overall. To me, the back end of that wide receiver tier. I prefer Alave to Devontae Smith. Sounds like Evan prefers Devontae Smith to Alave. Yeah, Devontae Smith in his second NFL season caught 95 passes. The, distri- the distribution, the target distribution in Philadelphia is just very, very clear. And then you also get, as you mentioned with T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, the contingent, right, that if something happens to A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith is just like, I mean, he's going to catch over 100 passes, yeah. no problem. You know, and, he, he and can compete Dal- for the league lead in receptions. And Dallas Goddard. We saw when Goddard was out last year, mm-hmm. both A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith spiked a little bit. And coming out of Alabama, there were concerns about Devontae Smith. I mean, he I can't remember what he weighed at the combine. It was like 168 or 170. We're well past that. The the fairest comparison, really, for him at that le- at that lightweight, another lightweight receiver, Marvin Harrison. Uh, just a technician, wins with routes, 
you know, really, really hard to cover. And um, I, I love the way that Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown actually play off each other. And the chemistry, again, long-time shower narrative actually going for Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith. Yep. All right. Both have Devontae Smith at 22 overall. 23 overall is a sign of the changing times in the NFL. Talked about this on the last episode with J.J. Zacharyson. I have a quarterback at 23 overall, which makes me uncomfortable for sure. But it is Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is my number one quarterback this year. Love Josh Allen. Love Lamar Jackson. Obviously like Patrick Mahomes. But Hurts is number one for me. There is no better setup in the NFL in terms of offensive scheme, offensive line play, weaponry, goal line play calling, a.k.a. the tush push, which remains legal, by the way. I actually think it's a misconception that the Eagles want to be very run heavy. I know they were third in raw rush attempts last season, but they were only 13th in pass rate over expectation, middle of the road. In other words, the only reason they didn't have more raw pass attempts was because they were winning big so often in the second half of games. Schedule this year, a first place schedule, is much, much tougher Eagles were 23rd in raw pass attempts last year. I don't think to be top 15 in raw pass attempts is really a stretch. And that's a big reason why I'm so in on A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Jalen Hurts, the quarterback position separating from the mid and late rounds now is a huge thing. And we talked about that a ton on yesterday's pod with J.J. But just understanding that Jalen Hurts as a runner and a thrower, you can no longer stream against that. You can no longer late round quarterback against that. He just smashes everyone in that tier with Allen, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. So I don't feel great about quarterback at 23 overall, but man, it is a super, super safe pick with a chance to separate from a lot of our opponents. So 23 overall is Jalen Hurts for me. Like it. I have Jalen Hurts as the overall quarterback two. I have Josh Allen, number one, but I mean, it's we're picking nets for sure. Um, I have Josh Jacobs at number 23 overall. In his first season under Josh McDaniels, he led the NFL in touches, touches and total yards. Mm-hmm. There is you know, a, a contractual concern right now, but I think ultimately they're going to figure it out. Josh Jacobs is going to be ready for week one. Um, I, I am concerned about some regression off his you know, breakout year in, in, eight, in, uh, in season number three of his career, but – the way he looked last season, I mean, he was almost like a new guy yeah. last season. And there's no reason for them to feed any of the, their other guys. Zamir White, I think, is a decent little handcuff. He's like the clear number two now. Um, and I, I don't mind drafting Zamir White late, even like from a standalone position. But Josh Jacobs in there, he's going to get the ball a, a ton, um, both in the, in, the, in the running and in the pass game. Yeah, Evan mentioned he has Derrick Henry at 24. So Evan does have Josh Jacobs, one spot ahead of Derrick Henry. I I personally couldn't do that. I just think the systemic risk with the Raiders, Josh Jacobs, the holdout stuff, maybe they mix in more Zamir White. I mean, Josh Jacobs handled 90 plus percent of the running back carries last year. That is absolutely outrageous. Maybe Zamir White cuts that down to 80 or 70. So, you know, you can get Josh Jacobs now at a bargain. And I like doing that. I mean, people are so scared. I like doing that in round three on Josh Jacobs. 23 overall will be a little bit steep for me. My number 24 player is Mark Andrews. Um, oh, and I did want to note that like I did have Josh Jacobs somewhere in this range. I did have Jonathan Taylor somewhere in this range. I'd have Brees Hall in here if he was healthy. But with so many question marks around those guys, Andrews has been sliding up my board. And I want to bet on Ravens offense this season, as we've talked about, expecting a big boost in called pass rate 
a boost in pace of play and a boost in pass game efficiency under Todd Monken also. And then you add in all the positional scarcity stuff. I mean, playing the tight end position, I know Mark Andrews had some really bad drops last year. A bunch of them were in the end zone, just didn't play well, but he's only one year removed from 107 catches, 1361 yards, nine touchdowns. Mark Andrews is still just 27 years old, especially for people in 10 team leagues or for anyone playing those, like winning at the onesie positions is so huge since everyone is loaded. Every running back and wide receiver, everyone will not be loaded at quarterback and tight end. So, oh, and the last point I wanted to make on Mark Andrews is I don't think it's crazy to only take Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely on a team. You're like guaranteed a top three, top five tight end option every week if you have one of Andrews or Likely. And, you know, they have a week 13 bye. We can cross that bridge when we get to it, stream someone in. But yeah, I like the idea in home managed leagues of only Andrews and Likely if you have the roster space to do it. So again, I have Mark Andrews at 24 overall. Evan already mentioned he had Derrick Henry at 24 overall, which we've talked about. Evan, any thoughts on Mark Andrews at 24 overall before we get out of here? I like it. I think the 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 ceiling is so high for Mark Andrews this year. We spend a lot of time talking about the Ravens wide receivers and the additions that they made and Zay Flowers and Odell Beckham and uh, is Rashad Bateman ever going to come back? Which, by, by the way, yesterday they, uh, they, the beat writers finally saw Rashad Bateman running on a side. He's alive. Field. Yeah, he's alive. <laughs> like literally the first time he's been spotted in training camp. But at the end of the day, like the answer is really Lamar and Mark Andrews, I think. And I think that Mark Andrews is like, assuming he, that he stays healthy for at least 15 games, like I, th- I think he's going to score double-digit touchdowns. And as you mentioned, we've already seen him have monster seasons from a, um, a reception and yardage standpoint. I mean, he's he's going to absolutely kill it down the seams in Baltimore this year. All right. That is going to do it for the round two player-by-player player debate and reveal. Be sure, if you're playing preseason DFS, to check out our product, first full slate. I know we had the Hall of Fame game. That was week zero to me, week one of the full preseason slate starts tonight thursday night there are four slates thursday friday saturday and sunday check that out on the subscribe page as well and again do not forget about that bundle price is going up on friday night get the early bird in there for evan for producer luke i'm adam good luck everybody (laughs) 